0: advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome back to today's
1: episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. So glad you can join me today. I have a very inspirational story from today's guest that is unlike anyone else I've ever interviewed on this podcast. Kushal Chaksi is an author, entrepreneur, and chocolatier, and once upon a time, used to be a Wall Street trainer. He and his wife run Elements Truffles, a New York-based artisanal chocolate company built on the values of Ayurveda, sustainability, giving back, and ethical trade. Kushal is a trainer of personal development, meditation, wellness, and leadership programs for the Art of Living Foundation. He has taught secrets of breath work and meditation to thousands across the U.S., Europe, and Asia. He serves on the U.S. Board of the International Association for Human Values. He is releasing a new book October 15th called On a Wing and a Prayer, Spirituality for the Reluctant, the Curious, and the Seeker. Welcome to the podcast, Kushal.
2: Thank you, Chris. I'm so glad to be here.
1: Can you share with my listeners a little bit more about yourself and your work?
2: Certainly, I believe you already introduced me I know, a, I <laughs> a very generous introduction, but uh, to talk about the book, it is a very uh, brutally honest account of my journey inwards after having survived the 9-11 attacks, and when I began questioning that there had to be a little more to life than just chasing Wall Street bonuses and and wanting to run up the corporate ladder as fast as I could. Um, and and that whole um, event, the 9/11 event, kind of woke me up from my reverie and and beckoned me to ask if there was more to life than than what met the eye, and that got me started down the path of learning breathwork and meditation, albeit quite reluctantly, uh, because I, I believed in that at that point. That meditation was anti-ambition, or breath work was something a pursuit for for retirees, something you do when you have lots of time and and you're done with all your worldly duties. That's when you meditate. Um, but I was wrong. I was so wrong. Um, and what I learned as with my breath work and meditation practice, uh, I learned this very very beautiful transformational technique called sky breath. Uh, that changed my life, that changed the way I thought, that changed the way I showed up. And, um, you know, all my, my doubts, all my questions, all my um, scientific validation-seeking um, tendencies that came naturally from that left brain of mine slowly melted away um, to uh, opening its way to, um, you know, a, a deep sense of calm and, and gratitude.
1: It sounds like you went from material earthly things to a deeper sense of yourself in the world
2: yeah i and and along the way, kind of enjoying everything you know it, meditation or trying to learn these modalities does not mean you have to give up uh, material comforts or material world yeah. um and and that was something that was very refreshing for me um because you know i yeah. I thought that to be able to do these things, you need to give up everything, go to a, a cave in Himalayas, and, and you need to you
1: be know. a monk.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and that's so exactly not the case. You, yeah. in fact, what, when you learn these techniques, when you go deeper, when you connect with yourself, it makes what you have even more juicy, even more enjoyable. That um, that that feverishness goes away, and you just another dimension opens up. So they both are, in my opinion, not mutually exclusive. In fact, they are complementary to each other.
1: Oh, absolutely. I know you're a survivor of 9-11. Can you share with my listeners what happened to you that day?
2: Um, Well, I don't know how graphic you want me to be, but, you know, it was...
1: Whatever you feel uh, like sharing. Yeah,
2: the the, the day was just like any other day. Um, And... Um, I was coming out of the World Trade Center that day. I was on the second floor when the first plane hit. I was in the North Tower. Um, And of course, there was an immediate fight or flight response from me and everyone around there. There was a pandemonium. People were just running helter-skelter. Nobody knew what to do. And as I approached the main door of of the World Trade Center, there was a security person asking people to go back in because it was quite unsafe outside with with glass splinters and cement chips and everything that was unruly raining down from the above um and in that moment you know i decided prompted by a a, a voice or somebody i looked behind just said let's get out of here this is not safe so against the advice of this security person i just went out and when i went out, I'm looking at this building in a state of daze. Just then, another plane comes from the corner of my left eye and ramps into the south tower. And at that point, I am, you know, me and everyone around me was pretty sure that there was definitely something, a deliberate action here. This was not a freak accident. Right. And so we, you know, I just dashed down the the Liberty Street um, on, on, you know, towards the east side of the of the Manhattan Island, um, and as I'm I'm walking, I hear this rumble, um, and I look back, and the North Tower is is crumbling down, uh, like a house of cards, and it it created this huge plume of dust and and smoke, which was just moving towards us know at, at a pace and, and engulfing everything along the way and I just ran and there was a ferry on the other side of the island who just pulling out and I just leapt on it and and jumped on it and it pulled out kind of making me one of I, I was the last person on the last ferry that left you know. that day wow. um and I still could not process, but I realized one thing that, in that moment, that I, I had become a statistic, a 9-11 survivor.
1: I guess, do you think about, if you went back in the building, what would have happened?
2: I do, uh, and I, for the longest time, I, I imagine what could have happened. Um, I hope all those people did make make it out on time. But there's no way for me to, yeah. uh, to to find that out, and and yes, um, I, I live very close, uh, you know, from from downtown Manhattan, and um, oftentimes when I walk there, I see the the beautiful, um, you know, the the park and the the memorial, um, and and I cannot but wonder, yes, uh, what could have happened if I had obeyed to what that security advisor said.
1: Yeah, and I know it sounds like you're trying to move from victim to survivor mode, and and that's what you were, a survivor. Do you believe in that there was any divine intervention for you being the last
2: person on the last ferry? I'm sure the whole thing is a a divine intervention for me. Stepping out for me, walking in the right direction for me.
1: thats it, isn't it?
2: that boat, everything was uh, was a divine intervention, yes, absolutely
1: my goodness, wow, I mean that's
2: an invisible hand of uh, of nature, invisible hand of consciousness, if you will that that just sometimes make us do certain things which appear so um, um when you look back when you look back, it appears so fortuitous but but yeah
3: mm-hmm.
1: I can't imagine the emotion that went through your mind, or not your mind, but what you felt through that day and the thoughts that went through your mind.
2: To, to be, to be frankly, Chris, there was a, uh, a mixed set of feelings. A part of me was uh, very happy, very grateful that I had made it out somehow. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to go after everything that I had started with even more uh, energy, with even more force because I've, I thought, now I have a new lease on life, so let me go after all of that, uh, living that American dream and whatever I was here to achieve as an immigrant. But there was a part of me that was distinctly disinterested in everything, thinking, what if you know, you, you, you go down that path and something like this were to ever happen again, and, and this time you're not so fortunate, as you were there first time around so what's the point of this so there was a very distinct kind of uh, dichotomy of of these emotions one wanting to hit the hit the gas pedal and the other one hitting the brakes very hard um so it created that that feeling of void inside me i don't know how how else to describe it um but it was that feeling where i thought you know the, What's the point? And I don't, I didn't know how to, how to, <laughs> to, to, to re- respond to that feeling of void.
1: So what's the point? So that was a question that kept coming up for you.
2: Yeah, the question that kept coming up for me was, what was the, what's the purpose of my life? What am I really doing? Is, is this all I'm here to do? That. Could, could there be something more to life than than this corporate rat race? Um, and while I was uh, good at what I was doing and and successful in um, at my you know in my professional career, it something felt amiss. Um, this void was really staring into my eyes, and I I thought maybe if I do more adventurous things, maybe I. I'm looking for more, um, you know, um, adrenaline rush that probably will, will, will fill this void. So I started traveling the world. I started doing crazy things. I left my corporate job f- for a startup, thinking that that would bring me some joy. But everything was but a distraction. I would go do something and then come back feeling um, even more unfulfilled and so it it was it was a funny state of of chasing and then coming back realizing this was not it hitting a dead end and and returning back to the same state
1: so it seems like you went deeper within too to figure out what is the point of this and where do i go from here
2: i stumbled upon it to be frank yeah <laughs> i i did not know any better when someone said you need to learn this breathwork and meditation. Oh,
1: and okay. well, that's how and, you found out about that.
2: Yeah. As I told earlier, I was like, no, no, this is not for me. I'm, I'm happy. I don't need to learn this. Um, you know, definitely not the right time for me. Um, but in a funny sequence of events, I, I ended up to this, to this public talk of this spiritual master, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, who was traveling from from India. And um, that's the first time when I meditated, I experienced a state of mind without any thoughts. I experienced that calm that I was always seeking, that calm that I felt was really could have answers to a lot of the questions I had. Um, And that kept me going, that, that started my quest down that path of wanting to know, more wanting to explore the deeper dimensions of the consciousness uh, that this breath work and meditation opened up to me
1: that's so powerful
2: it was indeed and when i tried this sky breath meditation technique the breath work um, that this foundation the art of living foundation offered um, it was an experience like never before you know, it it created that that deep sense of coherence, um, that sense of sense of feeling at home. I don't know how do I explain it in words, but you know, like like very being being at ease, being childlike, um, not thinking, not constantly, you know, stuck into that chitter chatter of the mind, but just kind of kind of sitting at the deep end of the, you know deep end of the ocean you know sitting on the floor of the ocean where it's just pure peace and calm um it was a beautiful feeling and that i i thought first that perhaps this was a placebo effect or or maybe i fell asleep and that's why i was feeling so calm um and and that's when my you know scientifically trained mind sort of began looking for proof And then when I started doing that, I came across some of this irrefutable scientific research that really created that that sense of, oh, yeah, this is it. Because on one side, there was an experience. And then the other side, there was this research, a scientifically validated kind of research out there, which both together gave me that comfort that, yeah, this was not just something, uh, uh, imagination of my own mind, but there was really uh, th- this this practice, this breathwork has something to offer, which can be beneficial if I practice for a period of time.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's interesting that you mentioned that you're more, we're more left brain analytical person, but recognizing that this is all research-based stuff. And- that this is, there's legitimacy to this. It's not just something, some woo-woo out there thing.
2: Exactly, exactly. And first I thought it was some woo-woo out there because how could it (laughs) make me so calm?
1: Right.
2: Um, right. Especially
1: because I think most people don't think of somebody from Wall Street doing some breath work and meditation,
2: right? I mean, I couldn't see myself doing (laughs) it, but when I learned that just just two weeks of practicing the sky breath, it can reduce that... um, uh, the stress hormone cortisol or the grief hormone cortisol by almost 56% in the body Amazing. It, and it it creates this serotonin the the happiness hormone right? it helps with sleep mm-hmm. it helps with the the stimulation of the the whole vagal system the vagus nerve um, and it it helps balance your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems i was completely amazed. I was taken aback just to, just to find out that something as simple as our breath. As you're listening to this, you're breathing. But, you know, 25,000 times a day, we bre- breathe and most often we are unaware of it. The, oftentimes we breathe wrongly. And, and, and just simple awareness to this, our own breath can create so much, you know, it has so much power. It can open up a completely different aspect, a completely different dimension to to our otherwise ordinary and mundane life. So I'm going to mention two weeks because
1: that's what I've heard is that if you do consistent practice for two weeks, you're going to see some results.
2: Oh, for, I saw the results in the very first week. Yeah? The very first session, I saw the results. I just stuck around looking for the hidden muffin to see what you know what's the source of it and that's where there's all this science science caught up with my experience but but i i didn't even have to wait two weeks I mean, for, from the very first experience I, I was there
1: nice so what kind of lessons did you learn from this whole experience
2: i mean so many lessons I learned along the way I've been now practicing and meditating for over fifteen years um, you know one of the biggest lessons i I learned was that this is the game of losing the The more you lose, the more you win you know you you lose your stresses, you lose your deeper impressions, you lose y- your your concepts you lose the Patterns and conditioning of your mind that helps you, or or they're not helps you, but conditioning that that kind of makes you behave, makes you respond to situations in a certain way. We everything we do in our life is based on a certain pattern that is deeply rooted in our consciousness, in our nervous system. Whether it's wanting a morning cup of coffee every day, to making decisions of the of which career to choose. Everything comes from a, a pattern that is formed in our mind due to a prior experience that we've had. And losing these patterns, losing these impressions through breathwork, you know, makes us feel so at ease at home. And so this is the game of losing, losing all of these things to become a better version of, of yourself. and And looking at, life as a as a play as a game uh, it's not that once you start meditating or once you start doing breath work suddenly life becomes uh you know a la la land you know the, the 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 stress factors and and whatever is there in life is still going to come the 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 ups and downs are still going to be the you know be there but having this practice being able to connect with yourself at a deeper level helps you move through this easily, helps you helps you go through this without being stuck, without being attached. Um, and and that's a beautiful feeling. And that's when you know life becomes a play. Um, so yeah, these are these are some of my takeaways. Um, and and just just having that breath for having that consistent practice. It's it's such a gift, Chris. I, I cannot even, cannot even tell more. It's mm-hmm. such a gift that keeps on giving. Um, I always looked at as a as a Wall Street trader, I always looked at um the return on investment <laughs> on everything.
1: <laughs> so and, this is a good return on investment.
2: <laughs> and this has a I massive, like massive return on investment of my time. Um so truly it's a gift.
1: And I think as listeners. You know, are are tuning into this to really think about. We all can use more ease in our days, and as therapists that are listening, we have tough jobs, and adding more of this meditation and breath work is just so essential to our self care.
2: Yeah, the other thing I learned was, you know, since you mentioned the self care, that I always put myself last on my list. You know, and and. many of my friends and many of my colleagues I see we always in the rush to do things we always are so I mean the responsible ones always put ourselves um, you know before everyone else in our lives not realizing that even to show up for others we need to take care of ourselves first and so a, a little something like this is so instrumental in kind of taking care of our own self, our own mind, before showing up for others, before responding to life, you know, and, and living our full pretension.
1: And from your experience, how can trauma or a tragedy like this make you more receptive to new spiritual paths?
2: I think an event like this makes you pause, makes you makes you take a pause in otherwise such a fast-paced life. You know, an event like this makes you ask bigger questions. An event like this can create that sense of what just happened to me and, and what am I doing? You know, and for me, it was early on uh, an event, a 9-11. But if you think about it, this pandemic in past couple of years has been an equally strong force of nature that has created the similar questions in everyone's minds it 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 makes us quest makes us That's question cool. our our jobs our relationships um it makes us questions our own being you know and and you know in such moments of of deeper questioning or being vulnerable you need a support you need something that you can hold on to you you know I've seen people in my life um, finding that support into things that are not so life-supporting. You know, finding you know anchoring themselves into something that gives a a promises a short-term relief, like addictions or um, you know things that are not so sustaining over a longer period of time. Right. Netflix. Or... Yeah. Yeah. One of those. Right? <laughs> it, it brings that momentary distraction, momentary relief. But it's not it's not something that sustains us for a long period of time.
1: So true. So how can meditation help with resiliency? Because like you said, with the pandemic, this affects everybody. And as mental health providers, we're on the front lines of the mental health of everyone, not, not like the front lines of the physical health. But I just wonder, what are your thoughts with meditation and resiliency? How could that help?
2: Yes, meditation goes a long way. First of all, it helps us as you connect deeper with yourself it makes you stronger. the The benefit of this is on a several folds, on the several layers of our own system. So we have different functions in our in our system. We have um, you know, physical functions, we have emotional functions, we have cognitive functions. We have functions of perceptions, thinking, even you know, judgment, memory. all these different layers of ourselves. Are strengthened, and there's a sense of coherence that is brought in with meditation and breath work. So when you're physical, you're physically strong, you're emotionally in a place where you can make decisions without getting flung around by the by the force of your own emotions, um, when your perception is clear, when your intellect is free of any biases, when, when your memory is free of trauma, you become, a, you, you, you become so natural, you become so resilient and strong that you move through challenges without getting, getting tossed around. And then that comes that inner sense of confidence and strength that, that lets you cut through any of these obstacles that, that are on our way.
1: So really, all of us should be doing the
2: meditation right and, and breath work to to keep ourselves sane in this insane world. I think so, Chris. And and you know, I for one could not meditate early on. You know, before I learned sky yeah. breath,
1: mm-hmm. before I
2: learned sky breath workshop, you know, I, I I could not meditate because the minute I would close my eyes, there's this barrage of thoughts and and the to do lists and what I'm going to have for dinner and what I'm going to present at my work tomorrow, all these things would just pop up incessantly. won't leave me alone. And I thought, no, there's no experience of meditation. Forget about any calm. And that's when I realized that to go a little deeper, you can't control your mind with your own mind. If you tell your mind to do something, it's going to do exactly opposite. So to, to tell the mind that, you know, resisted these thoughts or don't think of something else. You know, it's not going to work. It did not work for me, and so the sky breath was such a precious technique that I just stumbled upon. Which, using the power of our own breath, you know, it takes your mind to a place where it is meditation. You know, it, it you don't have to make an effort to meditate. That that rhythms of breath creates such harmony in your being that that state is meditation you 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 just kind of you, you it kind of picks you up and drops you into that state of meditation
1: so and you I, recommend using breath work before meditation especially if you have trouble calming your mind
2: i absolutely recommend 100% recommend that because that is a very natural and effortless way of of cultivating our consciousness to be able to meditate effortlessly you know we are not tuned especially you know the younger you are easier it is to meditate but as life happens as we collect all these impressions as we as our mind becomes more rigid and and ridden of all these patterns conditioning it's difficult to meditate and that's why you need Mm -hmm. something to to disconnect this thoughts from the emotions, disconnect this emotions and its charge, the, the experiences and everything else that it brings along with it. And breath does that. So you, so you don't need to put any effort. You don't resist. In fact, as you breathe, the thoughts would come up as they leave you and you just observe them. You don't even resist it. You, you don't think of it. You, don't, you, you have nothing to do. Simple instruction. Just sit and breathe. That that doesn't require much effort. No. And and that just takes you into meditation.
1: I think you're right, because I teach meditation and breath work to clients, and I know many holistic therapists listening do as well. But I always start with breath work. I find that that really helps to ground people. And and I think meditation can be hard, especially people have never done because I've had people, you know, they're used to going constantly on the go all day long and just never stopping until the end of the day and then they're going to try meditation and and their minds going 100 million miles
2: an hour (laughs) exactly 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 they're like i can't do it (laughs) exactly and such was my experience too i I was going 100 miles an hour in four different directions exactly and and forget about calming the mind i mean it was
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's too hard at that point but and that's why we call it a practice because it does take practice
2: exactly get to that place because most people aren't used to that and it doesn't take too long you know that's that's my um, an, an earnest submission that it does not take oftentimes we think a practice is um, you know it it, it's, it comes with its own long winded road before you get there but you know my experience is that it doesn't take that long it just doesn't takes, have to right a few sessions can just help you get there Effortless. Yeah. Yeah. Only effort is in, in committing to that time, that finding that 15, 20 minutes in our busy schedule. But I think we owe it to ourselves. You know, it, that's the least we can do for ourselves, for in, in the long run, for our physical and mental health. That's the least we can do.
1: Can you teach my listeners today a short breathwork exercise?
2: Sure. Why not?
1: And if you're driving, just pull over. No, don't do this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, since we are on just an audio platform, yeah. yeah. Um, perhaps I can, I can, I can do a very simple breathwork technique, which, um, which I call it the straw breath, um, which requires us to just sit comfortably and easily, with your spine straight, body relaxed. Your feet are firmly on the ground, balanced, both the feet on the
3: ground. And we breathe in through our nose, and we breathe out through our
2: mouth as if you have an imaginary straw between your lips. So you pucker up your lips, make a small orifice, as small as you can, and release your air, exhalation, in as little quantum, as little amount as possible. This extends your breath, your out-breath, in a natural way. So we'll do it together. We breathe in through the nose. And we breathe out through the imaginary straw between our lips as slowly as
3: possible. Continue breathing in through the nose, keeping the attention on the breath and breathing out through the imaginary straw. Keep breathing with your eyes closed. Do not resist any thoughts or feelings, just keep breathing, in through the nose, out through the mouth, you may notice that the exhalation is getting longer and longer with every out breath without any effort. And relax your breath. Keep your eyes closed. Return to normal breathing. And once again, with your
2: eyes closed, take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth using the imaginary straw between your lips.
3: Breath is moving in and out without effort. The exhalation keeps getting longer with every out breath. Yeah, the breath just doesn't want to stop. It just keeps extending. And relax. Return to normal breathing. Take a deep breath in. And let go. And you feel complete. Taking your own time. Slowly and gently. You may open your eyes. That was lovely. How do you feel? Very calming.
1: (laughs) Ready for a nap. Thank you for sharing that.
2: Of course.
1: Yeah, that's right. it just a little
2: awareness, just a little attention on our breath.
1: Yeah.
2: It has the ability to shift our state of mind.
1: It really does. It really pushes you more into the present moment.
2: Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Wow, that was
1: very nice. You have a very lovely voice, too. Very soothing. thank you.
3: <laughs> Perfect
1: for our breath work and meditation. <laughs>
3: it's
1: awesome. Wow. So how did you come up with the title of your book?
2: Well, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reference to this World War II pilot, Hugh Ashcraft Jr., who is coming back from the war front Um, and his aircraft has been severely damaged through this enemy fire and he radios the tower saying that I'm coming to land on a wing and a prayer Um, which is to kind of say that when when the going gets really difficult that's when our attention moves towards the higher self something bigger Um, and and so I, I was kind of in that, you know, my, my journey was very similar to, you know, Hugh Ashcraft. And so I thought it would be an appropriate title yeah. to, to say, hey, you know, this whole, first of all, this surviving the attacks, stumbling onto this practice, learning different things, and finally coming to, to realize or, or even continuing to learn and, and know more about myself it's all on a wing and a prayer.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's perfect title for it. So, Kushal, have I missed anything else that you want to share?
2: No, oh, I think we talked about everything.
1: Everything in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: but I would love to facilitate a sky breath meditation workshop for your listeners, if if Lovely. there was an interest. Yeah. Um, and and. I would love to hear from your listeners if they have a chance to 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 read the book and see what they, they think about it.
1: Yeah, that would be great. And it's going to be released October 15th, which will be, this will be airing after that. So it'll be out by then.
2: Wonderful.
0: Yeah, so that's great.
1: Um, and if listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to find you?
2: I'm on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Choksi108, C-H-O-K-S-I, Choksi, my last name, 108, and also on my website, uh, where I have all my social media hand- and email handles. Um, but I encourage them to to connect with me and reach out.
1: Yeah, and let them know how you like the breath work today.
2: <laughs> That'd be great.
1: <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
2: Thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure.
1: And good luck with the book.
2: Thank you so much.
1: And thank you to my listeners for tuning in to today's episode. Did you like today's episode? Please share it with a colleague or friend so we can continue to grow and offer more quality content. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe, rate, and review, wherever you get your podcasts. And this is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until
0: next time. If you're loving the show, will you rate, review, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform? We just started this, and that helps other people find this show. Also, if you're feeling uncertain about your modalities and you want to build your confidence to be your unique self, I want you to join my free email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor, over at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. In my Becoming a Holistic Counselor course, you'll get tips for adding integrative care into your practice, what training you need and don't, and the know-how to attract your ideal holistic clients. If this sounds like the direction you are headed, sign up at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.